This podcast is brought to you by Bonus Room Productions, and we own this town. I'm Jason T. Mears Esquire. And I'm Kelly Hoyle Bowling. And we are Sandimas Today. How's it going, Kelly? Oh, JT. It's going pretty good. It's October, and it's 100 degrees outside. Welcome to Nashville, where we don't have fall so much as foliage on fire. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great to be here in this air-conditioned studio talking to you. It's It's great to be here talking to you, too. But I would, you know, argue that maybe this room in the studio is not as air conditioned as it could be. Okay. All right. So, well, uh, you're going to have to take that up, you know, with the producer. All right. I will. I will. <laughs> <clears throat> Michael. Um, so, Kelly, um, this is it, man. This is this is the last official episode of our second right, season. Right, right. Um, it's been a crazy journey. I, I mean, know. I know. And just want to apologize to the listeners. We've, we've been uh, delayed here and there with the last couple of episodes, but... Uh, I don't have a good excuse for that. Okay, well, here's the thing. I, I think our <laughs> listeners are really going to go to bat for us and understand that things come up, mm-hmm. specifically because we fill a very, very um, big void in the post- podcast community, and that's uh, a couple of middle-aged white guys talking about movies. True. And it's a, it's a really underserved population. Right. There's not enough of that going on. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think we've earned a little leeway just because of the service that we provide. All right, so it's been a minute. What's been going on in the world of Bill and Ted? Let's see. Uh, Sam Weaving's movie, um, Ready or Not, was about to be released. And I think it might have been released, but the reviews on this were just absolutely glowing. Well, right. She's, yeah. I mean, she's becoming a bona fide movie star. She is. Like, right before our very mm-hmm. eyes. Uh, like, she, I mean, the movie was very well received, but her performance. Yeah. It, it's it's like yeah this this movie's fine but holy hell this lady's amazing so I'm yeah. so excited to see her in these films yeah that's great um, probably the biggest news that we got I had no idea that this gentleman was even alive even though in my head I had no idea how old he is um, but the film editor from being there Don Zimmerman okay being there literally top five movies of all time for me yeah it, when i watched it it changed my life in that it changed what i thought a movie could be that was just the third movie he edited that's, that's... Uh, his first was coming home which was another hal yeah, ashby yeah, movie yeah. and i just have to know what it takes to be hal ashby's film editor like you're an editor's editor yeah you know yeah. what i mean yes like yeah you have to be on your game no you, you have to be on everybody's game that, yeah. that if you're a repeat editor for Hal Ashby, you are a legitimate contender for one of the greatest or at least most accurate and precise editors of all time. Yeah. So this dude is editing Bill and Ted Face the Music, which my mind is blown out. We found out about this through a tweet from Alex Winter and... I was sitting on my couch and I texted Kelly immediately and I'm like, holy hell, can you believe this? Yeah, I, it just, it's, it, it raises the stakes here. You know, uh, my expectations are growing and <laughs> I, you know, I don't want it to get out of hand here, but I'm even more excited than I ever was before. I did some research on something else we're going to talk about. And I stumbled upon this old interview from Alex Winter, which he talked about the script and it, it hyped me up even more. And I didn't think it was possible. So let, let's talk about uh, Zimmerman's film output. What, what are some I, you of the know, highlights? So, so coming home and being there are two of the first three movies that he edited uh, after that. 
You might remember a little flick called Barbarossa. What? Yes, oh he edited goodness. Barbarossa. Okay, so that's Willie Nelson and Gary Busey, right? Yep. Oh man, that that movie, that that western. Oh, mm-hmm. so good. And it really just kind of goes all over the place here mm-hmm. um, throughout the years. It's a it's an amazing uh, list. Uh, after Barbarossa, Rocky Three. Okay, all right. Um, and he did Rocky Four as well as Cobra and Over the Top. So a relationship with Sylvester Stallone was definitely established. So you're you're telling me we live in a world that has a Venn diagram that is comprised of Hal Ashby, Sylvester Stallone, and Bill and Ted, and right there in the center is Zimmerman. <laughs> and then of course Coming Home, which had Bruce Dern. He goes back to Bruce Dern for Digstown in '92. You know, we're talking about the the era that you and I were young and and watching Bill and Ted. We were also obsessed with Digstown. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, so Digstown w- was. Uh, for my money, it's the best sports movie ever made. I, 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 I will, I will, I will put it up. I'll, I'll have it as one of my favorites. Okay, no, but. no, no. I mean, like this movie has one of the most satisfying conclusions yeah. in yeah, all yeah. of. Sp- it's it, mm. it. It would be in my top two boxing films ever. Okay. Um, and you got Lou Gossett Jr., James Woods, Randall Tex Cobb, Randall Tex Cobb, Heather Graham, Heather Graham. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic film, great twist of an ending. Don't let anybody spoil it for you. Uh, then Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Okay, a so classic. Dude's got comedy chops. Uh, like, yeah. and, and not not just like being there, Hal Ashby, like cerebral mm-hmm. comedy chops, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, that's that's a classic, and uh, he does connect with our boy Keanu in A Walk in the Clouds. Oh, be still my heart. <laughs> be still my heart. That that might be peak handsome Keanu or peak dreamboat Keanu. Yeah, dreamboat Keanu, right? Yeah, dreamboat, like he yeah. ventured into that's, romantic. That's the dreamboat film. era. Yeah, uh, and then uh, gosh, so Nutty Professor, liar liar, half baked, half baked. Wow. Which that's interesting because that movie has its own story of how the studio just destroyed it, right? At least, yeah. At least at least from Dave Chappelle's right. point of view, right? But that man has never had an extra grind, so. <laughs> Patch Adams. Um, okay. But here's where it gets awesome. Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Oh. So this there, explains yes. everything, oh, right? Oh, man. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, wor- worked with Dean Paris. Parasot. Yeah, Parasot. Um, and uh, uh, that's who's directing also, Face Also worked with friend of the show, David Newman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Full circle. Pretty cool. Hopefully those three are coming back together on this one. I mean, I can't, I can't see why they wouldn't have Mr. Newman back on this. And, you know, there's a few interesting things since then. He did that remake of Flight of the Phoenix, uh, Night at the Museum, and Marmaduke. Okay. Also Men in Black 3, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I'd like they, to hear their his conversation with Ed Solomon about right, that. <laughs> right. I, I, did, Ed, did Ed write that one? Did, no, I okay. don't think Ed had anything right. to do with okay. it. Yeah. So, so weird. I mean, it, <laughs> this guy, I'm so excited about it. And going over his filmography like this, it's cool because he's got such a weird and varied uh, mm-hmm. career. He's done a little bit of everything. He can yeah. absolutely work within the studio. He can do something weird. He can do something family friendly. Yeah. I mean, the most... I mean, I'm looking here, and I think the most heart-wrenching film he ever edited was the very first film he did, Coming Home, which I don't know if you had a chance to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not seen uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. Okay. Hal Ashby, just what a run of movies that he directed oh, God, there. That guy. I teased this out on Facebook a little while ago, uh, the fact that uh, neither one of us had ever seen the movie Freaked, which was co-written, co-directed, and starred our, uh, our good man, Alex Winter. Yep. Um, 
Also, um, I didn't know this going into it, but a sizable, uncredited role of by Keanu. Right, um, right. So, um, and th- this was back at, this film was released in 93. Uh, so right after Bogus Journey. Also had William Sadler in it. Yep, William yeah, he, Sadler yeah, was in a, there. He had a role in it. Uh, uh, Megan Ward, who was that I, PCU? I can appreciate. Is that PCU? Yeah, PCU yeah. and Glory Days. Oh, she was she in was Glory in Days. Both. Oh, so she was Sam Rockwell's girl girlfriend in Glory Days. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's that's more of where I knew. I, I've seen PCU a couple times. Like, yeah, you know we we have the "Don't be that guy" vernacular from Jeremy Piven's speech at the concert T-shirts. You know, in our common lexicon, but uh, <laughs> man, that's so cool. Anyway, so like watching this movie, I've got to be honest, everybody. I'd, I'd heard from people that are big Bill and Ted fans that they love the movie, and I just assumed that it was like just pure nostalgia fuel why people were were into this movie. And so I went in with zero yeah, expectations. I, I feel like it gets written off as like a garbage pill kids movie or something. Right, 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 right. And and the practical effects are actually better than Garbage Pail Kids the movie because. I mean, I don't know if anything's ever been worse than that. You know, th- this movie is pretty funny and has a very, very black heart. In that way, it's almost like the the inverse of the Bill and Ted universe. It's where, where uh, Bill and Ted goes high, this movie goes low. It is great. Uh, it, Mr. T, Bobcat Goldwaite, um, the brother, the older brother from Blossom, like the non-Joey Lawrence uh-huh. brother, he plays the sidekick in it. Uh, and there's a young John Hawks, right? Yeah, young John Hawks, which is really cool. I never realized he was involved with Idiot Box, which is something you and I have also never talked about yeah, on the show, yeah. but we absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the early 90s on MTV, I'm sure most of the people listening to this remember this because, you know, right. we are- uh, Did that get aired as a part of Liquid Television? No, it was- it was, or was it its it own? Was, it was alongside Liquid Television. Okay. There was Liquid Television. Um, there was, oh man, there was another one. There, so there was a set of three, mm-hmm. Liquid Television, Idiot Box, and then one other- um, show and then kind of recently, like maybe five years ago, MTV tried to revive Liquid Television yeah, and the I other that. one. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, Alex Winter went back and he and the guys who created Idiot Box wrote up a spec script for a revival for that. And MTV was like, no fucking way. We, <laughs> you know, we're Laguna Beach TV now. We, oh, we cannot touch this. Anyway, so John Hawks was part of Idiot Box. Yeah, John Hawks, when he came out, uh, what was it, Winter's Bone, Deadwood? Mm-hmm. Those, th- yep. that's where it's, that's where John Hawk starts for me. And maybe that's a bit unfair. It's like, I'm glad to know that there's this, this whole past. And now I have to go back and watch all of that. I'm sure it's on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And also the thing to know about freaked, you can only watch it on YouTube. Like oh. it's only streaming <laughs> on YouTube. You're not going to get it through Amazon prime. You're not going to get it through Netflix. Uh, 2013, they released a special edition, um, DVD of it to buy that DVD on eBay, it's going to cost you like 75 bucks. This thing is so hard to find. <laughs> and that's kind of been the story of the movie too, like behind yeah. the scenes. It was pitched by Alex Winter and his co-writer to Fox Studios. The head of the studio was 100% behind it. This was a fully fund, funded studio film. Top to bottom had full studio support despite how insanely weird it is. Yeah, And just like... I mean, I mean, bizarre. you got Randy Quaid and Brooke Shields, right? Yeah, They're spending yeah. money there. Yeah, they are. They are, and uh, it, it's a great role by Randy Quaid. It, it's peak Randy Quaid. Um, I'm guessing Keanu is probably uncredited because he was signed onto something else at the time, and they wouldn't let him use his name. Isn't that usually why that stuff happens? Yeah, I, th- I like, think at that point, you know, it's not like they would have accidentally done that. So. Oh, it wasn't an accident yeah. at all. I, I think it was either that or he wanted to help out, and at that point, he was just commanding too much money. 
And so, yeah, I, I, that's probably why. But yeah. probably close to point break times, right? Or starting filming that, and who knows what kind of handcuffs came with that, right? <laughs> right, exactly. The Fox Studio head um, was fired. They brought somebody else in, and they're like, "What the hell is this movie, freaked? No way are we are touching this with a ten foot pole." It maybe got released in like a handful of U.S. theaters. It did really well at uh, Toronto International Film Festival, like really well. People were jazzed about it. Uh, but then uh, the studio had changed, and they're like, "We're not doing anything." It was like released in Australia and maybe England for very small windows. And like people loved it. They were eating it up. It's like instant cult classic, but then nobody could see it. It was barely released in the U S maybe a few VHS tapes. I think Cinemax ran it for a while on HBO. I'm looking at box office returns of $29,000. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and budget of 13 mil. Right. But it was barely released at all. I mean, like they were just like, we need to bury this. They just ate it. It was so bad. For this film that they almost accidentally destroyed the last print of the film like it the studio didn't want it and it was going to get destroyed out in this clearinghouse in the middle of nowhere and somebody made a few calls and one of the guys there stole the print and got it and saved it, <laughs> it, it it's just nuts so um uh, one interesting thing i saw here it was originally conceived is a low budget horror film yes. featuring the butthole surfers? Yeah, yeah, they 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 wrote it for the butthole surfers. So Alex Wonder was good friends with those guys, and they're like, you know, we need to start making butthole surfers movies, and so they worked on that, and that eventually didn't work out. And things I could sit here and be a guy telling you what I read on the internet about it, but if you spend five <laughs> minutes on the internet, look into this thing, like watch it, yeah, be amazed. Bobcat Goldwaith plays a, a sock puppet monster. Mister T is a woman trapped in a man's body. Pardon the vulgarity, but there is a uh, one line here that I just have to quote because it, it uh, Randy Quaid to Mr. T, you know, you'd be better off without a dick. <laughs> and, uh, literally, it's one of Mr. T's best performances. So Mr. T, like toward the end of filming, just kind of cut out because he was not happy with wearing all the dresses. He was feeling a little emasculated. And one of the co-stars did a really good impression of Mr. T. And so most of Mr. T's lines toward the and when they were filming that section, were done in ADR with one of the cast members imitating him. It's very interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, there's a Gremlins 3 joke in there, which is pretty great. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- this was my wife's quote when we watched it. Maybe this movie is what pushed Randy Quaid over the edge. <laughs> sure it wasn't just Chevy Chase? <laughs> well, yeah, he, he might have. He might have. That was a, a nice insight. I uh, appreciate that, JT. Don't you patronize me. All right, all right. So, so I, patronize I, me. I, I've got to confess, you know, we we talked at length about both both of us watching this film before we did this podcast, and I did not come through, so I am fully schooled on the Wikipedia page. So, Kelly, I want you to know that um, when there was one uh, set of footprints in the sand, that's when I was carrying you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just your reaction guy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we go, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about the future of San Dimas today. If you if you could have a seat, come in, have a seat. We need to talk yeah, yeah. about the future. Listeners, uh, please pull over or uh, take a seat wherever you are. Yeah. This isn't a forever goodbye. <laughs> Mommy and Daddy still love you. <laughs> uh, so this is the end of our second season. We, yeah. We've had a uh, pretty successful second season, I'd say. Um, yeah. We, we've... Uh, found out some really interesting stuff it's been great Mm -hmm. to be here and discover all the new reveals from face the music as they've come out yeah and the fact that they they've shot the whole movie now it's in the can yeah it's crazy they are editing it 
lots of good stuff to look forward to in the future. But this kind of puts our podcast in a weird position. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, it's kind of our mission to bring you information about Bill and Ted and also what's coming in the future and all the ancillary stuff. There, there's a lot going on. But with Bill and Ted Face the Music in the can, there is a giant cone of silence that's been placed on most of the Bill and Ted universe. Yes. So uh, all the actors that are that are coming back, um, they are sworn to secrecy for a mm-hmm. very long time. Uh, people involved in the production, the makeup, which I've been in touch with people who've worked on the sets, with people who have done makeup work, creative visual effects on the new movie. Yeah. They're all very excited to talk to us, but they just can't do it yet. Right, right. And so, you know, we thought it would be a good idea to maybe ramp back up when the cone of silence is lifted and the promotion for face the music starts to ramp back up. Yeah. So that's not to say we still have a few interviews that are lined up. We're hoping to bring to you. They will be, um, in the form of standalone episodes, not necessarily as part of a greater season. Season three is really going to start in earnest once we can start bringing you more information. Mm -hmm. Other standalone episodes I envision us bringing are, um, trailer drops, um, other major casting news. Yeah. There's still casting news to be revealed. Anything that makes us jump up and down. Very excited. Like we'll come in and record something and let you guys know. Yeah. And it, it, it might be a five minute news update. It could be a full conversation about one specific aspect of frame by frame breakdown of the trailer, which we will absolutely be doing. There's a lot of good stuff to come, but we're just going to have to put a little bit of pause on the show for now because we don't want to sit here every two weeks and just be like, I still like Bill and Ted. <laughs> but we've got some even better news with all of that is that Jason and I, you know, we like we like movies other than Bill and Ted. We do. Not as much as Bill and Ted. It's true. Yeah. Maybe not as much. But we, uh, you know, we have decided we're going to do a podcast series. It's going to be called Other Cuts. It's a limited run. Don't worry. We're not going to be like... Uh, taking our our mojo as two middle-aged white guys talking about movies and going away from Bill and Ted forever. This is going to be a very limited series. We're going to look at different cuts of different films, TV shows, and how the editing process affects the narrative. I know it sounds like, okay, who cares? No, I mean, Saturday night, you're going to throw this thing on, you're going to crack the beer, and we're going to party. Yes, yeah. So our, our first one is going to be on Brazil. So that's going to be the first film we're going to discuss, the two alternate cuts. If you want to get amped up, jazzed, and ready for it, go ahead and uh, watch both versions. And we will announce uh, here through an announcement that it's coming out. uh, So you'll get a little podcast notification. We'll also update Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. And we've got got one of our favorite local musicians who's... Uh, composed a theme song for us so friend of really the pod, excited for friend that of the pod so uh anyway thank you guys for coming along on the ride with us it's not over it's just kind of on pause uh we 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 don't want to overstay our welcome here um we want to bring you fun and insight and uh you know not make you hate us and we want to thank the best podcast network in nashville and possibly the entire world we own this town michael eads uh, for producing our podcast and getting us out there to you and we want to thank Scott Bricklin for, and Scooby Tunes Music for the use of the most excellent theme song, Walk Away, which totally amps me up every time I hear it. And it just makes me smile now because it reminds me of sitting in a room with you, buddy. Thanks, man. You're welcome. And I want to thank you and all the Bill and Ted fans out there because they're always being most excellent to us and everyone. And I would encourage them all to party on, dudes! 
All right, and always, we want to thank the best podcast network in town. We own this town. That's redundant as hell. <laughs> we also want to thank the people who own this town <laughs> by repeatedly telling us that they own the town. I mean, who owns this town? We own this town. But do we or do you? Because it's... Oh, I'm fucked.